Yeah, and I plan to offer another opportunity like that probably tomorrow. I think I'm going to put one out for Colorado. Um, but there's going to be stipulations on that one, too, like having your own car, being willing to have my dogs in the car, um, not selling merch and helping me sell my CDs because I'm going to use that to fund a particular project. Um, and I'll explain more of that in other episodes or on my Facebook or you can go to, I'm going to start, like, not blogging in the traditional sense. I'm going to start video blogging again um, with uh, YouTube Live and um, doing that kind of stuff so that you guys can check out kind of what it is I have going. Or maybe I'll do it through Instagram. I don't know. We'll figure out. Let me know what you think the best social media platform is for me to stream everything. Um, maybe I'll do it that way. But yeah, and so there are going to be stipulations. And, you know, for the people that like send me a message or post on my thread and then like get mad at me because I don't hit you up right away, and there's no part of me that's saying that I'm just going to pick the first fucking person that hits me up. That's not the way this fucking works. I mean, like technically, I don't need to take anybody with me. That's what people don't get. I, like, this part I'm doing 100% as, like, yeah, like, possibly kill two birds with one stone and I could, you know, be able to take my dogs and just ride out there together or whatever, but I don't fucking need you. Technically, what I can do is just leave my dogs with my good friend, which is where I always leave them, with their godparents. That's where my dogs stay. And then I fly myself out there and I fly back and I don't need to fuck with you at all. And I could just have somebody either meet me out there and just fly out there, maybe just a friend and not offer a stranger or somebody that I know a little or not as well and maybe not offer that opportunity to them. Or I could just decide to have local, the local fucking talent because that's what I've done a lot of times when I've gone out there. I just have the option of being able to have my feature. So I'm thinking about offering somebody that opportunity. But if it bothers you in any way, any of what I say, if you think I'm trying to quote unquote sun you at any point, then just don't even fucking apply. Don't feed into my behavior or my mental illness or whatever it is. See, you guys get me all upset. What I was saying is don't feed into whatever the fuck you think I'm going through. If you think I'm being an asshole, then don't feed into it. Don't fucking chime in and say they throw your hat in the ring, say that you might possibly want to do it. Just be like, oh, Ty's on some shit this time. I'm not going to fucking do that. And I will respect that. As I mean, like, I won't know what happens because you won't. <sighs> all right, guys. I think we all have been felt. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Special Talking Shit Edition. The third in an ongoing series. The third in an ongoing series. Hopefully third's the charm and this is over with because, you know, I don't like doing more than one unbothered in a week. But the whole reason I started this podcast was so that people would always know what my side was and where exactly things were happening or how exactly things were happening. Especially when it comes to like my point of view or what actually 
happen because a lot of times people will try to change stories around and it's kind of like no that's not the way it happened especially when it's like a third party reporting it and I don't know who's going to tell these stories because technically there's usually a lot of people around for anything I do just because it happens on the open mic scene or I talk about it on Unbothered so then that calls attention to it anyway here's the point um Tonight at the garage mic, I was hanging out, and I think I might edit the clip in so you guys can hear what I was talking about, but it was completely unrelated to do with anything to do with the last episode of Unbothered. Not necessarily by design, but just because, like I've said before, once I talk about something on Unbothered, I'm pretty much unbothered by it at that point. It's like, okay, that's done. If people see me out in public because I'm friends with most of the comics on the L.A. scene, contrary to how, what some people would have you believe, or especially the comics that really want to figure shit out and are working on their stuff all the time and what you call the quote-unquote grinders. Like, that's who where my sweet spot is in what I deal with in stand-up and what I really talk to. Is I talk to the people that are trying to hit as many spots as possible, working on their shit all the time, tightening shit up. That's mainly who I talk to when I'm out. So sometimes when I see those people and they're like, hey, this didn't necessarily make sense to me or you didn't explain this properly, I'll go ahead and like just give them a brief fill-in or like last time when I did the other Talking Shit episode, I think that was on the Talking Shit episode when I, um, like the Talking Shit episode, the second in an ongoing series, um, when I did that one, it was because uh, a lot of people were like, well, you didn't really explain it right in the first one, and I didn't really get it. And I heard that from so many people that I'm like, okay, let me go through and clear this up. And that was more about just clearing it up and letting people know. But like, as far as I went, and I said it on the episode, I was done with the emotion of it. And that's what I felt with this situation with the last episode. Because the last episode, if you remember, the most recent was um, just a couple days ago, and it was about taking Ashley Johnson on the road with me and that kind of stuff, and how it didn't go according to plan and how I was annoyed. Now, for anybody that didn't hear that episode, I'll just recap. What happened was I specifically put a post up asking for a comic with a car. The car situation ended up being a little bit annoying because they were talking about, Ashley was talking about getting a rental car. And if I wanted to get a rental car, I would have got a rental car. So I don't even want to be bothered with that at all. And I mean, like, some people might say that I'm being too short with people for being like that. Well, then fine, then I'm short with people. And I'll never make this mistake again because I'm not going to work with people that I haven't already tried out in some way or don't know as being like my regular friend. Like we hang out. I know what they work like. They know what I work like because I've never had this problem before like this. I went on the road with Quincy Johnson. If you'll remember last year, we went to Pasco, Washington and we did Joker's. And that was the same situation where it was like I could pick the person that was going to go with me. Um, Quincy had somehow let me know he wanted to go or maybe I had just asked him out of nowhere if he wanted to go because I do like Quincy. I do like his comedy. And it was my dogs weren't coming. It was just going to be me and Quincy. But the thing was, I was like, you know, you have to handle the car situation. I'll actually pay for all the gas. I don't mind. I'm not asking you for even a dollar of gas money, which is the way I work with people and the deal that I offered Ashley Johnson. Now, let me tell you here like just in general 
Usually the headliner does not pay for all the gas like that. That's something I do because I know what it's like to just be starting out and not make that much money doing the road. And in some cases, you go into the hole. In these, you don't necessarily have to go into the hole. You can come back with a couple hundred bucks, you know, like for them, I'm saying, uh, in the feature spot. But just I want to make sure you're able to come back with as much of your money as possible because I know you're not getting paid that much. And it's not like I'm getting paid exorbitant amounts of money, but at the same time, I know I'm making quite a bit more than you are, so I'll go ahead and pay for the gas since you're providing the car. Now, otherwise, I don't need to take anybody with me. I don't have to take anybody with me to any of these gigs. Technically, I can just tell the booker in any of these situations, just go ahead and set me up with the feature, and then I get to have some of the local people get on, which is one of the things I was doing for a while there to help out the local comics, and they were really cool about it, but just sometimes I'd get people that I didn't necessarily like the style of their comedy, and this isn't directed at any one particular club. It happened a couple times at a couple different places, and it's not the club's fault either. Like, that might be their taste. Like they say, comedy is subjective. And so sometimes what they were doing, I was like, this doesn't really not even go with what I'm doing, but I'm just not a fan of this, so I don't necessarily want to see this. But situations like this make it so I know that that's just the better route for me is just to go with whatever feature they have at the club and unless I really know someone and I've hung out with them not doing this kind of shit again because for me the things that happen should not have happened and uh, the way that they happen should not have happened I'm not your girlfriend we're not on a girl's trip we are, which, by the way, go watch Girls Trip, everybody. I haven't seen it yet, and I made a post about that earlier, which probably sounded kind of petty, and it kind of was. And that's the thing about me. I know when I'm being petty, and I know when I'm just asking people to be professional. And everything that I asked Ashley Johnston for on that particular trip was professional. It wasn't any kind of like, you know, I'm trying to be out of line or mistreat you as the feature. Nothing like that. Like, I do try to make it so, like I said, the comics come, can come back with their money. And like I said on the last episode, if I was trying to be like Diva or just trying to have my way, as soon as I was let know that they no longer had the two-bedroom condo and that I was going to have to be sharing a room with the feature, I would have just canceled right then on the feature, which did occur to me. I considered canceling on Ashley Johnson, just not anything against him, but just because... I like to have my own free time, my own space in my own room, and sometimes I like to get away from everybody. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how close we are. Sometimes the only people I'm chill with are my little dogs, Bijou and Jerry, who are currently in the kitchen having some Whimsy's Alligators, like they do every episode of Unbothered by Tyra Vera. Whimsy's Alligators is what they have, and I will include a link for that in the con or the um, description of this particular podcast on iTunes of this particular episode. So if you guys want to get whimsies and try out what I'm talking about for your dogs, try it out. But this isn't a <laughs> this isn't turning into a commercial for whimsies. But I just want people to know whimsies are a product that I really do stand by and I give my dogs all the time. And I am hoping that they'll sponsor me, which I just bought more whimsies. So <sighs> anyway. So here's the deal. Sometimes I just want to be by myself, and I don't want anybody around me. That's just the way I am. You don't like it? Don't be around me. <laughs> Either way, I get my way, right? Because you're not around me. So that works. But uh, no, 
it's just like I don't mind being around my friends, you know, during the day or during the evening when we're out doing spots and stuff like that. But at the end of the night, I usually come back and I'm by myself with my dogs and I do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I get up and stay up as late as I want and I go to sleep when I want and there's nobody to disturb me or interrupt any, but every, anything. I don't live with roommates. And so, you know, this is what it is. And technically, I know I could live in a bigger place or a nicer place if I were to take on a roommate or in a different part of town, a better part of town. But for me, this is perfect for me because I live in a studio. I have my two dogs. We can chill as much as we want to. I don't have to think about a lot of shit. I don't need to live in a nicer place. I don't need to live in a different area right now. When all that's time for that, it'll be time for that, and I'll move into that. But I'm not going to kill myself trying to keep up appearances or feel like I have to have a bigger place when in all reality, I don't. So my point is, same kind of deal on the road. Put me in a hotel room, almost any hotel room, as long as it's not roach infested, as long as it's, there's nothing unsanitary, I'm going to be cool in that hotel room. Now you put me in with another person, I got to kind of be careful about that. But in this situation, I wasn't just put in with another person. I had a choice over who was coming with me, and I didn't know that they had gotten rid of the condo until like maybe a couple weeks before I let Ashley know that was a situation. Now, here's the deal. Tonight, I guess I should get to that part of it so everybody knows what's going on. Tonight, Ashley Johnson confronted me at the um, garage open mic. I was hanging out at the garage open mic. And I, the deal with that was this. He, in a way, didn't like just full on confront me. I'm not trying to misrepresent the situation in any way. I'm going to try to tell you guys this as like just blow by blow by blow blow by blow as possible and just factually as possible. So I get to the garage open mic because I had done Sarah Kenny's show at uh, something bodega in downtown L.A. So then Kenny meets me at the bodega and then we go over to the garage open mic. We get to the garage open mic, Ashley Johnson's there, and as far as I go, there's no real problem between me and Ashley Johnson, right? Because if you listen to the last episode, I just gave the account of what happened and what got on my nerves about that situation. And at that point, like, because I had tried to record with Jill Chrissy, and then me and Ashley had recorded in in Colorado. But I didn't think any of those were kind of up to unbothered standards in the way that me and Ashley didn't get to finish our conversation because... He was drinking at the time, and I don't know how much people are drinking because I'm not drinking with them or whatever, So, I, and I'm obviously not in their same state of mind. I'm not drinking, and so as far as I went, like we were ready to do uh, you know, our episode, of, my episode of Unbothered, and I thought it would be cool to talk to him about like what had happened on the road so far and the girl that had had this seizure and whatever else. Uh, you know, That's what I wanted to talk about that night. He kept trying to take it in a different direction. I wasn't having fun with it. I got like, I'm just so bored with this conversation. And that's not me being mean. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace. I don't know. but Or maybe it was because I remember there was a point when I was looking at him because he was sitting on his bed with his mic and I was sitting on my bed with my mic and we were recording Unbothered. And there was a point where I was thinking this isn't going to be good because he's already drunk. Like he's slurring a bit. And, you know, his speech was impaired. And this isn't clowning at all. It's just what it was. And it was just my thought process. I'm like, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, like, drunk 
conversation or half drunk conversation. And so when it was going on, there was definitely a point because when we first started, he wasn't that drunk. And um, then he just, you know how drinking works. He was drinking through while we're doing it. And you're an adult. I'm not going to gauge you or tell you how much you're supposed to be drinking. But I can't help but notice if you're getting too drunk to really continue the conversation or keep it going. It was like the way that it was like really showing also that we were in a conversation where one person was drunk was I kept trying to like get off that particular topic just because like I said I wasn't interested I didn't really care about what we were talking about and if I don't know what you guys are like in conversation but I'm the kind of person that everything reads on my face and you can also hear when it is I'm not interested in something so I knew that it wasn't going to make for anything good as far as conversation. Plus, I can't really add if I'm not interested because I'm just not invested. So I was trying to move the conversation to different areas. He kept coming back. Then there was even a point where I was like, yeah, I just don't really care about this. And I said it in so many words. And then it still went back to that. And then after we were done recording, because after, he, like, my relief was he had to go piss at some time. So when he said he had to go to the bathroom, then I was just like, okay, I'm going to wrap this episode up. And I didn't even put an actual official end on it. I was just like, and that's unbothered for right now. And I wasn't happy with it as far as that went. So then I tried it with Jill Chrissy and we were like not on the same page, but not in a bad way. It wasn't like she was trying to direct the conversation anyway. I already discussed this before, but I'll say it again just so everybody knows. When I tried to record with Jill Chrissy, which was Tuesday, no, Wednesday, I believe, um, it just, the conversation didn't flow for some reason. And again, that might've been me and I might end up using pieces of it. Cause I remember that we really talked about some good stuff in there, but there, I just felt like I couldn't really get a rhythm and that's going to happen. Some days you're just going to be off and that's what it was. And I might've been that me and Jill both have Aquarian energy and we might've both been in the same place as far as the way the stars lined up or the moon or whatever. I don't know, but that might've been what it is. Either way, I just was like, yeah, this conversation as a whole isn't necessarily what I want to send out as unbothered, you know? And so I later on was thinking about it and I was like, I, I feel like what's went wrong with my conversation with Jill Chrissy was that I was trying to avoid talking to the thing talking about the thing that had bothered me most over the week which was the situation with Ashley Johnson because there became a there came a point for me um, in dealing with the Ashley Johnson situation and just my processing of it where I was like okay I'm not mad at Ashley about it which is what I said on the last episode but at the same time I want to talk about it and it does bother me because I think that this is the kind of information that other comics that want to go on the road as the feature might want to hear and and rather than having to hear it from a headliner, if anybody decided to tell them the same way I said it through the thing. And here's the other thing you guys have to know. Like when it came to like the tire situation, I let Ashley Johnson know at the time that I wasn't happy with that. Now, I don't know if he thought I was supposed to have some blow up in order to let him know that I really wasn't feeling that. But I let him know at the time when they were getting ready to take the tires off. I was like, yeah, this isn't stuff you do on the road. It's just not stuff you do on the road. Like it is unprofessional to have me like we're in the middle of a 16 hour drive or not in the middle towards the end of a 16 hour drive. And you're going to stop to put new tires on like I don't know what you guys are feeling after you've 
driven 15 hours one way with somebody and then performed in several cities and then you're driving the rest of the way back or riding the west rest of the way back and I don't know when I'm gonna have to wake up and start driving and I already said that Ashley did most of the driving so it's not like I took that credit away from him but at the same time I don't know that you're gonna do all of the driving and I don't expect you to do all the driving the way I see it I'm gonna have to be up at, up at some point so if you interrupt my sleep because you've decided that we need to get new tires which in my my opinion is something that if you're going to be going on a, a trip that's 30 hours of driving, just in the driving alone, there and back, it's 30 hours. You don't know that you need to make sure your tires are up to snuff for that? Because I make sure, and maybe this is because I've been on the road too long or something like that, but I make sure where I'm at as far as needing an oil change. I make sure that my tires are good. I'm, I mean, like, I just... And I just kind of pay attention to my car from what it is I'm doing, like brakes. My brakes, like, you know, I'm not always the most observant person, but I did notice that my brakes had started to squeak, and it didn't seem like that long ago, but I was like, you know, I need to take care of this. And so I had to take care of it just today. I ended up having to actually deal with it because I was like, yeah, that's actually squeaking now. I know that's squeaking. My rotor's not fucked up, so clearly... I stayed on top of it as much as I needed to be. So I was able to get that done, but I knew I was going to Vegas on Monday. So since I know I'm going to Vegas on Monday, I know that that's something I check out. So I said everything I said like about that particular situation, and I was very careful in the way that I said everything, and I mentioned that in the beginning of the episode. And I even mentioned that when I posted about it on Facebook. I was like, see what happens when... I try to say things that aren't the most flattering in the nicest way possible or in the, you know, whatever way possible. Because I was just trying to look at it more in a me mechanic sort of way. Like, you know, what were the mechanics of the situation? What didn't work out for me? Why wasn't I happy with this particular situation? And if I can tell a lot of the newer comics, like, what went wrong, which is kind of the way I look at it, because I know that a lot of the people, like, if you look at the one-year anniversary, like, uh, Jay Green hit me up, like, you know, mentioned Unbothered, Chris Storen mentioned Unbothered, then I got some, like, messages, Eric Abenante mentioned something about Unbothered, or it hit me up about it, and it's just like, you know, I know that a lot of comics that are either starting to go on the road or want to start to go on the road are listening to my podcast, so I'm like, okay, let me let them know what it is that bothered me in this situation. And also, it's better for me because, like I said, once I discuss something that bothers me, I suddenly become unbothered about it. So that's where I was with it. So it wasn't meant to be a hit piece. It wasn't meant to be any kind of like, you know, this is just me shitting on Ash Ashley Johnson. That's not the way I look at things. That's, I mean, like, yeah, with certain people, that is the way I looked at it. Like, when Paula V pissed me off, most definitely that was just me shitting on Paula V because I was fucking tired of her being fake and a networker. And I still feel that way, and I still stand behind that because she shows me nothing different of herself. So that's where we're at, and I don't mind saying it. But when it came to Ashley, that wasn't the way I thought about it. Technically, I said that, you know, he did all right on the spots. I didn't say anything disparaging about his comedy. I just said, and, you know, if we're going to get down to it as far as that goes, I'm not talking shit when I say that really, I mentioned it on the last episode, but I'll say it even more clearly on this episode. Like, yeah, I did expect one of those shows for it to be absolutely fucking destroyed. I wanted one show at least where it was hard for me to follow because, I mean, like... 
I'm always going to do me and I'm always going to be me. But I know that Chris Doran has definitely made me take it to another level because of the way that he fucking rocked it. And then I have to fucking follow it. And he's in the feature spot and I'm in the headliner spot. And that happened with Chris Rubio that I had to fucking really bring it. Jessica Michelle Singleton did that to me in a room that's notoriously hard to do that in. And that was in the... um, we were at Inn of the Mountain Gods, which almost anybody that's ever done Inn of the Mountain Gods will tell you that that room will actually make you work because that room will give you nothing sometimes. And I will post some footage on my YouTube of uh, Inn at the Mountain Gods because there's a kind of a technique I use with them where I kind of yell at them and tell them, you know, you ain't breaking me today um, because I know what they like to do. I don't know why at this room called Inn of the Mountain Gods in New Mexico, which is a really beautiful, um, it's a beautiful view. They have uh, zip lining there if you want to do it. They have this really beautiful, huge fucking just like on the side of the hotel or the back of the hotel. It's like a complete glass, you know, like wall that's I don't know how many floors high, like probably four or five floors of just pure glass in front of you. And you see this beautiful. But anyway. It's this beautiful casino, but for some reason, the audience there just loves to make comics work. It's like it likes to want, like break their break their spirit is what it likes to do. Because I've seen it do, seen it, seen them do it to several of my features, and then the first time that I actually. Uh, did it myself. I saw them do it to the feature and I was like, I'm not going to let this happen. And so I fucked with them about it and we had a good time. So, um, yeah, then that room's notoriously hard. Jessica Michelle Singleton made, made me work in that room because she went up and she did really well in that room right away. And I was like, this is a room that kind of gets everybody. This is a room that'll kind of trip people up. And, you know, now she just rocked it. And it's like, yeah, I usually do well in this room, but I can't guarantee in my head that I'm going to do well. And I go into almost everything thinking I'm going to eat shit when I'm like doing something just because I feel like it's a good place to start off with the audience if you're not like confident cocky well you can be confident but just not cocky and so it helps keep my humility in check and so you know that's kind of the way I looked at it and I was like yeah they might be rough on me and Jessica Michelle just brought it so I had to go up and bring it so like there's Chris Dorn there's Jessica Michelle there's and there's uh Chris Rubio that have all, you know, made me work, and that's what I expect. I want... Quincy Johnson made me work, too. Quincy Johnson was doing really well when we were in Jokers. So it's not too much for me to ask to be like, you know, make the most of the situation. Another example would be like when we did Denver. When we did Denver, I moved Mike Stanley kind of into the feature spot, and that wasn't as a slight against Ashley, but I had Ashley go up in what would be kind of like the guest set because Ron Ferguson hosted it. Then I had Ashley Johnson go up second, and that was to do Ashley Johnson a favor because I know that Mike Stanley has been on the road headlining quite a bit. So I I didn't want to have Ashley have to follow Mike Stanley and not do the kind of, you know, or not have the kind of showing that he wants to have so that he looks the best. I also knew that Mike Stanley was trying to get seen by the whoever would be in charge. I mean, like the general manager was there on that particular night at Comedy Works. Wendy, the owner, wasn't there. But if Wendy did decide to pop in, I knew she was more likely to pop in a little later than earlier. And I know Mike Stanley just moved to Denver and, you know, he wanted to get in with comedy work so like with all of these things added up I just thought it would be a better fit to switch them and have Mike Stanley go up in what would be 
the feature spot. And I knew Mike Stanley was going to make me work, but I, here's the deal, guys. I'm not afraid to fucking work. That's why I try to bring along people that are going to make me work. I want to bring along people that are going to make me raise my game and take it to the next level. That's what I want. I want somebody that's actually going to make me sweat it at least a little bit, even though I'm not really sweating it for a lot of people. But... I want somebody that's going to make me think in my head, am I sweating this? Should I sweat this? Am I in danger right now? Is that what's happening? So that's my thinking, right? But didn't happen on that particular trip. I'm not going to hold that against you. But my point was when uh, we were talking about like the show or whatever, I don't remember. But yeah, it was later that night. Ashley Johnson looked at me and he was like, he was like, yeah, Mike Stanley really brought it. Mike Stanley had a really great set. And I thought in my head, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted Mike Stanley to do. I wanted Mike Stanley to rock it so that maybe it gets back to Wendy that Mike Stanley rocked it in her room and then he can actually work that room. And that's the way Mike Stanley's mindset was, obviously. Like, he went out there to make his impression, which is what I wanted Ashley to do at the club that we were at before and at the Comedy Works as well, which he didn't do poorly at any of these spots. Like, it wasn't like he had shitty sets at all. There were people that said nice things about him and stuff. But it just wasn't like none of the shows did he actually rock it where it was like, okay, now that's what I'm talking about. Now I'm hearing some shit outside of the showroom, which is will get my attention, and I'll definitely go in when that happens because I like to see it and because I like to laugh. But that didn't happen. So even that, I'm willing to be like whatever about that. So then we get to tonight, and I'm at the garage mic, and I get there, and I see Ashley Johnson. And like I said, I really have no feelings about that. Like, there's Ashley Johnson like any other time. But I had heard through a mutual friend that he was feeling a particular kind of way about, like, my podcast and stuff like that, and he thought I should have said it more directly, and it was like, well, if I already said it to you on the road, I don't really know how much more directly I'm supposed to say it. Am I just not supposed to discuss it? But never mind that. What happens is I go up and do my set, and I don't know if this was planned or not, and I don't consider it to be a shade move on any level from anybody, to tell you the truth. Um, I ended up going up right before Ashley Johnson, which he had gotten there before me, and I said I was fine to wait, you know, until whatever. Like, technically, I was in no hurry at all. I was just sitting, talking to Kenny Lyon and some of the other comics. Uh, Andrew Ryan Fox, I believe is his name. I know it's Andrew Fox, but I think the middle name is Ryan. But I like him a lot. He's from Canada. He's a cool guy, really nice guy. And there were a couple others that were there that I was chatting with oh a new guy well not new but new to me and I hadn't seen him before and we were chatting him and his girlfriend Kenny Lyon me and Andrew Ryan Fox and so we're all conversing and whatever and Ashley is over by the closer to the garage and like I'm not even thinking anything about anything as far as all that goes it's like like yeah I know like whatever so if you want you can come up and talk to me I let that be known on Facebook all the time you know if anybody have and I even say it on my podcast like if anybody has anything they want to say to me I'm not hard to find my number never changes and I'm always out at the same spots so I'm not fucking tripping, right? I'm, as far as I know, I'm just fucking hanging out at the garage mic. So I end up going up right before Ashley Johnson, which is later in the night. I do a set that I think I might end up playing, like I said.
I just came from a show where they did not appreciate comedy at all, and I hated every fucking one of them. I legit fucking hated those fucking people, you know? It's like you're trying your best to be fucking funny and treat these people with some respect like they're an actual audience, give them actual material the way it's supposed to be delivered, and they're trying to be fucking cool, you know what I mean? Like, I hate it. I also hate when I come to open mics and people act like that. You know what I mean? It's like, you expect something from me? We're at a fucking open mic. You know, or the people that are new enough to, like, look away when you don't do well at an open mic? It's like, what the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> Everybody fucking bombs or doesn't fucking do well. Like, I'll tell you guys my goal when it comes to, like, mics. <clears throat> if I can make just one, one thing work, just one thing, the whole fucking five, seven minutes, whatever the fuck it is, I consider that good. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't fucking, like, I don't have, I don't know the people that talk about bombing at fucking open mics. I feel like, are you new? You're bombing? Like, yeah, some people do bomb at open mics. <laughs> you guys are right. Some people need to be harder on themselves. I was being a little too lax. <laughs> I was giving people a little more credit. Because <laughs> like, that's the other thing, you know what I mean? The people that don't fucking work on shit, and like, do you think it's always us? Do you think we just don't like you? No, we want you to say something funny. Please do it soon. <laughs> Tonight won't take fucking forever, you know what I mean? Like... Because you know when people are doing well, you don't even notice it's fucking taking that long. But when everybody's eating shit, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Tonight it sounded alright, though, but I spent most of my time talking. <laughs> That's the other thing. A guy tried to yell at me the other night because I was on my phone. I was texting while he was fucking performing. <laughs> and I felt like that alone lets everybody know how fucking new you are. <laughs> You're gonna tell me anything about what I'm doing at a fucking mic? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm allowed to be on my phone, so are you. It's a fucking open mic. I don't know about some of these people, but my parents picked me up as a baby a lot. I was the only boy in a Mexican family. I had three sisters. None of those bitches mattered. <laughs> I am the only boy in a Mexican family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when my sister, like my little sister came along and stole being the baby from me. Uh -huh. At first I was kind of worried about it because now she was a baby and I had always been the baby. Then I was like, oh yeah, she's a girl. Still the only fucking boy in this family. Fuck this bitch. Not gonna steal my thunder. Plus, I wanted her to be a boy, so I would have, like, a little brother, somebody to hang out with, and that would balance out my two sisters. And then, since that didn't happen, and my parents had kind of built me up for it, I just raised her to be my little brother anyway. <laughs> like, she's straight and everything, but she's just, she'll even tell you now, she's my little brother. <laughs> like, I would wrestle with her, I would do fucking airplane spin with that bitch. <laughs> One time I fucking hit her head on the bed when I was fucking, uh, I forget what it was called, but you know, like the helicopter, no, a helicopter is like that, airplane is down here, right? Wrestling fans, help me out, because I used to watch a lot of WWF, and so that's why I was 
fucking experimenting on her ass. And she was like the macho man Randy Savage. And so I put her in my dad's sunglasses, and then uh, she put on my robe, and I would fuck her up. <laughs> As soon as she fucking came out, I played fucking theme music for both of us because I had the uh, WWF album. And so one day I'm fucking spinning this bitch, right? And uh, I didn't realize how close we were to my parents' bed. (laughs) Yeah, and fucking in slow motion, I see when the bed's coming up and bam, her fucking hit her head on the fucking center. And then I see her crying and the centrifugal force takes me back and I'm watching this bitch cry as I'm still spinning her in the other direction. You're spinning her by the ankles. By her, yeah. Oh, I thought you were by the arms like the, oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> it was my little brother. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you. Um, which wasn't related to anything. It was just like you know, kind of turned into a story about my sister because I didn't know where I was gonna go. I just knew that I didn't like the situation I had performed in earlier tonight, just because the audience was kind of hipstery and lame and whatever else. So since I didn't like that situation, I just wanted to go to the garage open mic and do what I do there, which is just be one of the comics and let down my fucking hair and talk about like kind of talk shop with the other comics is what I do a lot of times at the garage. And I love it for that. Like that's exactly what it's for for me. And I love that Victor runs it. And so there I am at the garage. I do my set. It went really well, even though I know that it has a lot of work to go if I decide to use those stories. But sometimes with the stuff I say at garage, even if I really like it in the moment, I'm like, yeah, I don't really plan to work on that. It's just something that was there. You know, it was meant for the moment and that can be it it's just an exercise in getting more used to just talking on stage or telling a story however I want to say it so then um I come off stage and of course I'm still just hanging out and not thinking anything and then Ashley Johnson's up and uh, he goes on this like thing where he's like talking about like Facebook gangsters and whatever else, which if that's what you want to talk about, that's what it, what you want to talk about. But I'm not on any level of Facebook gangster. That's not what I am. I mean, like, if you want to say I'm a SoundCloud gangster, I guess maybe you could say that. If you want to say I'm an iTunes gangster, I guess you can say that. But I would take out the word gangster because I'm not saying anything, anything threatening about anybody. It's not like I'm saying, like, you know, oh, when I see Ashley Johnson, he's going to... Like, what would I say? That would sound so fucking stupid. All I said was how the trip went and stuff like that. So I'm not, like, really taking issue with the Facebook gangster thing because he's doing some story about Doug Reed, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't really know Doug Reed. I've met him once or twice, but I can't say I really know him, and I can't say I really have opinions about that. Whatever happened between Ashley Johnson and Doug Reed is whatever happened between Ashley Johnson and Doug Reed. I have nothing to do with that. But I'm hearing it as part of the story, and I hear kind of the way he's saying you know, like Facebook gangster and like how in the old days it would be like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then he moves on to a point where it sounds like he's kind of talking about me because uh, 
he mentions like how you would get like if this was Game of Thrones day, you would days you would get stabbed, and then he's like he's like, and that would be a teachable moment. Which if you notice on the episode of Unbothered that I did, I did mention something about him like you know fucking up on the road, and then be like, yeah, because I think this could be a teachable moment. Me thinking teachable moment towards the other comics. Him obviously thinking teachable moment towards me. Him lightweight trying to sub that he was like talking to me when he was talking about stabbing someone which if I wanted to take it that ridiculous and be really victim about it like a lot of people are these days I would be like did you just threaten to stab me right now is that what you said is I could possibly get stabbed because I don't know if you know this but I got shot when I was 16 years old I'm kind of used to like the way that part of the world works I mean like my uncles are actual legit gangbangers and that is undisputable fact it's just what it is they come out to my show sometimes if you ever see them on my Facebook, they're tatted up like crazy, especially my Theo Manny, which is like my favorite. Um, and I think I'm his favorite too, because the way he comes out to these shows and the way we have a good time, and I respect my Theo Manny and I love my Theo Manny, but I know exactly what he is and he makes no apologies for what he is. He is a legit gangbanger. That's just what it is. And, you know, when I was hanging out when I was a kid, that's what we would do. That's, like, you know, where we'd be. We'd be with my Theo Manny because he lived with my Theo Mara. And at the time, I was at my Theo Mara's house all the time, and they lived in South Phoenix, which is not kind of a rough area, especially where they were at is a rough area. And so, I mean, like, you know, it's like I'm not fucking running around afraid of shit. I'm not... Like, you know, what, you're saying you're going to stab me? Okay, whatever, if that's what you're going to say. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to start fucking hiding, I guess. I am just need to know that I need to watch myself because somebody's saying that they might stab me. So whatever with that. So he gets off stage, you know, after doing his thing and reminding me about teachable moments, which, like I said, like, if the term teachable moment hadn't been used right there, I might not have even known that was specifically for me. But I pay attention to shit like that, especially when I can tell somebody's on stage thinking they're dropping bars. But it was like, here's the deal. Like, you think I'm supposed to not tell the truth, what, because you're bigger than me? I mean, like, what grade are we in? And besides, like, you know, you think I don't think about that when I even say the shit that I say? I mean, like, I know somebody could get mad and decide to fucking hit me. I mean, like, I know this can happen. That's why I weigh what I say before I say it, so I know if I'm in the right or not. In my head, the way I see it is if I'm in the right and if I'm telling the truth, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do because you're not going to beat being me out of me. Bigger people have tried people have tried to do shit to my career just because I talk the way I talk. You're not going to beat it out of me. You're not going to shame it out of me. You're not going to keep me from working because of it. Like, it's just not going to happen. I'm not ever going to stop being me. I'm just me. This is the way I'm fucking built. This is the way I'm wired. So you don't like it. You don't want to fuck with me anymore. Don't fuck with me anymore. But don't make it seem like I'm supposed to be afraid of you because you've decided that what, that you're mad enough that you're going to stab me because I gave a factual account of what happened? The fact of the matter is you did try to fucking change it to a rental car when I didn't want anybody with a rental car, and I made that. Specifically, I asked for somebody with a car in the fucking post, which I'm going to go through, and I'm going to find the post so that everybody can read because I thought it was pretty clear in the post and exactly what I was looking for. I mentioned Colorado, and I mean, like, Colorado was just as many miles away. Pueblo, Colorado was just as many miles away 
from where we are now as it was when I first said I wanted to. It's not like the miles changed. It's not like you didn't have Google before that. It's not like you didn't know how far that was. So if you didn't want to put those miles on your car or whatever the deal was that you were thinking about running a rental car for, because me being a car owner, I never think about running a rental car. I got a car so that I could put miles on it. Now my car is beginning to get too many miles on it and it's not really that old at all. Technically, my car is a 2013 and it's already got 143,000 miles on it. So sometimes I think about that if I want to take my dog somewhere and that's when I'll put something out because it's like now I can help a feature out while they help me out. Because yes, at the end of the day, I am what's most important. So if I want a way of taking my dogs with me on the road and I can also help somebody out, then that's what I do. But if nobody is open for it, then cool. I'll just put my dogs with Chris Rubio and that'll be the end of it. So you didn't have to put yourself out for me. It's not like I needed you for anything. It's not like you recommended me for these shows. It's not like this was in any way on your name. And like I said, I'm paying for all the gas and trying to make sure that you go home with as much of that money as you possibly can because I know it's not really that much. So now you're upset and you like are trying to act threatening. So no problem there. Okay, whatever. It, it is what it is. And I stay who I am. So he gets off stage and he's talking to like Ron Bush at that time has gotten there. And I'm still, you know, like at this point I'm standing over by the car, you know, like which is right where I had been standing all night when I was talking to Andrew Ryan Fox and whatever else, you know, because I heard the first part of his set. Then Ron Bush came up, and then they started talking to me, and we were just talking about whatever. And then, uh, you know, still balls in your court. So Ashley Johnson comes up to me, and he was like, he was like, hey, you want to go talk for a minute? Okay, well, you're the person that just lightweight threatened to fucking stab me. But yeah, sure, I'll go talk with you. I don't fucking care. I'm here. Like, you want to talk to me? I'm going to fucking talk to you. Let's go. Let's talk. All right. So right away he starts with, okay, I think what you did was fucked up. And I was like, all right, that's not going to happen because here's the deal. I would rather you stab me than me have to listen to you try to act like the victim in a situation where you fucked up. The end of the day, you weren't fucking professional. That's all there was to it. You weren't professional. You didn't do any of the shit that you were supposed to do, really, or you tried to change everything you were supposed to do and make it fucking some other situation that it's not supposed to fucking be. Like, I don't want to fucking take care of car shit on the fucking ride home. I don't. I don't want to fucking put up with snoring because you drink. And then here's the other thing. Like he's because in that I brought up, I was like, I was like, you, you snored. And it was because you were drinking. Like, you know, like that's what it is. So if you know you snore when you're drinking and then he says that he didn't know he snored. Well, here's the thing. I'm a person that snores when I'm really tired. I know I'm, I snore when I'm really tired because people I've dated have told me that. And one person that I went on the road with has told me that. But I also know the only time I fucking snore is when I'm really tired, when I'm super tired. And my fix for that is if I know I'm super tired, I'll tell people like, hey, I'm super tired. When I'm super tired, I snore sometimes. So if I end up snoring and I'm keeping you up or anything like that, just go ahead and tell me to roll over on my side. And because I've dated people that have mentioned me snoring when I've been tired, then I know, you know, like that they're not fucking around. Like just I should roll on my side. It's almost like a command. I don't even need any kind of like massaging for, so to speak. Like you can just fucking tap the bed and be like, hey, Ty, roll over on your side. And I'll be like, cool, because I know that I, I know my body, I fucking snore. So, I mean, like, and that's only when I'm really tired. So if you're a person that only snores when you drink, like maybe you already heard that from a girlfriend. I can't be the first person that ever told him that he snored in his life. 
Like, it's not like he's a young kid. I cannot be the first person that ever told him he snored in his life. But that's the way he made it sound like he had no idea he fucking snored. Okay, so let's go with that theory. Then I get several comics walking up to me outside of him, and this was at least three or four comics that have come up to me since then, and they've been like, I listened to your podcast, Ty, and I know I could never go on the road with you because I snore. And I'm like, I start laughing, and then I'm like, well, at the same time, if you don't snore super loud, it's just, it was super loud fucking snoring. Because, as I said on the last episode, I used to sleep on my parents' floor, and my dad used to snore. So to me, snoring isn't a big deal. I can usually sleep through it. But if you're doing the super loud snoring, then I'm just, I mean, that's how you can know how loud your snoring is, is because if it keeps me up, when I can usually go to sleep from anything, I slept on sidewalks because I did, um, like, different auditions and stuff like that. So it's like your snoring was just particularly fucking loud, and it kept me up. But to tell you the truth, I have said this already but I would have been completely willing to forgive everything and just been like yeah good report card um you know in my head I would have been like probably not meant to go on the road with me again but definitely a good report card as far as like the whole outside world goes and I wouldn't have done an unbothered about it and I wouldn't have been bothered by it if it just hadn't been for having to get the fucking tires on the way home if it hadn't been for that like that coupled well quadrupled or whatever with everything else did make it so I was like yeah I'm just bothered by this fucking situation so I had to fucking mention it right so then like I said we go over we're talking and then I'm trying to listen to him but I just can't have people bullshit me especially about me and to me like if you're gonna bullshit to me about me in a situation that we were both there for where I don't really understand why it is I'm expected to listen to that. What would make somebody think that I'd be open to that? Like, you fucked up. As far as I'm concerned, you should have just apologized and been like, hey, I realize that I dropped the ball with the fucking tire situation. Like, I realize that maybe you didn't want to put your credit card out because that's the thing. Like, I didn't even want to say that last week, and it's not like it's even that big a deal. But this is how far I was going out of my way to not like try to make this sound bad or throw the person under the bus like when we were getting ready to go like with the rental car situation when he said that he wanted to rent a car fine if you want to rent a car then I guess you want to rent a car you're an adult I'm not going to tell you what to do but then when you hit me up and say that can I use my credit card and you'll pay for the the car the rental but that we use my credit card because you don't have a credit card no are you out of your fucking mind why would I want to put a credit card down on a rental car? I mean, like, why would I want to take on that kind of liability myself? So, yeah, that was annoying to me, and it wasn't anything. I don't even want to have to answer questions like that. Like, to me, I should not even be bothered with that. Like, you say you want to rent a car, cool. Then you rent a car. Like, you don't even have to tell me you rent a car. I don't know what everybody drives. I don't pay attention to what you drive every time I see you. I very rarely pay attention to stuff like that. So technically, you could just show up in a rental car. I would never know the difference unless there was a hurt sign somewhere or a, you know, budget or whatever you went through. Then I'd be like, oh, this must be a rental car. And I might inquire about it or, well, I know I'd inquire about it just so I could know what the deal was as far as, like, the insurance or whatever we have to do as far as that goes. Like, I'm an adult and I'm trying to make sure I keep track of, like, what I'm 
signing up for as far as being liable for even in that way. So it's like, yeah, I'd probably ask, like, is this a rental or whatever? But, like, if you handle it all seamlessly, then it's like, okay, well, my license is valid and, you know, I know I'm good to drive and I know I'm not going to be doing anything crazy and I know I'm not going to be drinking and I just know that I'm going to be doing the stuff that I need to do because this, for me, isn't about fun or just an experience. Yes, it can be fun, and yes, you do get to experience stuff. That's one of the good things about my life and my being on the road is that, you know, I do get to see a lot of stuff. Like, we were supposed to go to the incline this last trip. We didn't get to go. I went the time before the incline is in Colorado Springs, and that's ridiculous ridiculously steep like walkway up the side of a mountain and so you know like that's a part of it you do get to do stuff like that but that's not the point of why I'm doing things you know mainly I'm there to work and to make money and so I know that I'm going to be doing all the things that I'm supposed to do so that I am in driving shape and you know getting the sleep I need to get and so I can say that, you know, we're not going to have any problems as far as that stuff goes unless something freak accident happens. So this is the way I see it. And it's so, so we're at the point where he's, like, trying to have this conversation with me about, which I just can't, and I also can't, male, female, whatever you are, I cannot listen to anybody fucking turn themselves into a victim. I just can't. It's just not in me to sit and listen to you be a victim. It's just a reflex for me to be like, no, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this at all. I don't give a fuck about anything you're saying right now. I just don't. Like when you come at me with, you know what I think is really fucked up? You know what I think is really fucked up? Me bringing along a feature and them not acting professional. Me seeing another adult fuck up and then come to me like I somehow victimized them by telling the story. Especially when everybody knows I have a podcast and I talk about shit that bothers me on it. So this was a surprise to you. And then I had a like only one person use the word petty at a point over the week. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing petty about asking people to be professional. It's just not a petty thing to be like, your car should be in working order. I don't want to deal with you snoring because you're... Like, that's girlfriend shit right there. That, oh, you're snoring. It's just so sweet to me listening to you sleep like that. No, that's not the way I feel. I'm not your girlfriend at all. I'm not fucking you. I'm here as a comic to make this fucking happen and do what it is we're supposed to do. That's all... That's the only thing I'm trying to do. And you know it's a fucking problem for me or that I'm not happy about the way that this went down because... I decided, like I said, that I'm just not going to take anybody else on the road like that anymore. I'm done with that part of it because I don't need to do it. And it's really when people are going to try to make it my problem and try to make it seem like, you know, like I did something wrong in any way. I didn't do anything wrong. I fucking talked about a situation that happened in what I thought was the nicest terms possible, the nicest way I could possible. And anybody that knows me knows that there's a way I could word everything that I say so that it can be extra shady and like this is me just fucking spilling dirt or spilling tea or however you want to put it. I could definitely do that. Like if I was talking to somebody that I didn't like, that I completely didn't like and wanted to be disrespectful with, one, I don't care what size or color you are, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So I would have said something like, you know, after the kind of sets you had, you had no right to snore. You shouldn't have been sleeping that deeply. You should have been thinking about your set. You should have had one eye open thinking about your fucking set. You should have wrote throughout the night. That's what I would have said if I was trying to be shady, but I didn't say nothing like that. 
What I said was, technically he did all right, but it just wasn't worth the extra headache of it. That's what I said kind of in a nutshell, and that's the way I felt about it. No, it's not worth the extra headache. So now, not only did you cause me headache on the road and make it so that I couldn't sleep the way that I needed to sleep two nights in a fucking row, which, like I said on the last episode, and I still stand by, my sleep is very fucking important to me. And if it's not important to you, I understand that, I respect that, but that's just not where I'm at. I fucking get sleep. I make sure I get sleep. I learn to sleep through shit so that I can sleep the way that I need to. I sleep in fucking cars. I sleep on fucking sidewalks. I sleep whatever the fuck I want to sleep. I slept in a fucking club before in Las Vegas. I fucking get my sleep. So if you can't deal with the idea, if you think that it's diva for me to want to be able to get a comfortable night's sleep when I'm supposed to headline shows, well, then I guess I'm fucking diva. If you think it's diva for me to want to be able to sleep through the car ride or as much of the car ride as we possibly can when I know that I have to be at the dime the night that we come back. The same night we came back, I did the dime. I ended up doing the dime the night that we came back. I did um, I did the dime, then I did Wang's, then I did Boys Club, and I did Mel's as well. So yeah, I did four spots on the night I came back. So yeah, maybe I want to be rested for that kind of shit. That's the way I live my fucking life. Like, I try to hit the ground running as much as I possibly can to get in as many sets as I can, to work on as much material as I can. And it wasn't like I went to the open mics fucking dragging Ashley Johnson or talking shit about Ashley Johnson. I did my podcast, and like I said, the only reason that I even did the podcast like that was because I was like, yes, this is what I'm really thinking. This is what I need to get unbothered about, and that's what I'm using my podcast for. And I don't care who you are, what size you are, are, what color you are, what you threaten to do to me, like if it's stabbing me, shooting me, whatever the fuck you want to say, I guess that's what you need to do then. Besides, why am I supposed to be so afraid of getting shot or stabbed anyway? Or stabbed was the, the specific. Like, why am I supposed to be afraid of getting stabbed? Do you realize what that will do to my likability if I were to get stabbed? I mean, that, that would turn me into a sympathetic character. And if you were to actually fucking kill me, even bigger fucking favor. Because all that I would do is make sure that my parents know. And you know what? You guys are right. I need to get on that right now. I need to know that my parent. I need to make sure that my parents know exactly what the passwords are and stuff like that to my YouTube and stuff like that. So that if anything happens to me, they can put out the right clips and then also push my album the right way. Because. Let's be honest, guys, and this is no bullshit and not being full of myself, but because of the way that I made a splash on the L.A. scene, which is a scene where a lot of people get lost in the sauce, as the kids would say, I have actually been able to turn myself into a brand name within the comedy community, which is where most people get lost. Like, when it's in the L.A. comedy community, think about all the comics that you have to ask who they are, clarify who they are. With me, unless you're new to the L.A. scene, you know who the fuck I am. So you think it won't turn into a big documentary and a good fucking, especially with all the people I know, fucking Gabriel Iglesias, Joe Coy, fucking Russell Peters, like Gene Pompa, all the fucking colorful characters on the L.A. scene that'll come out and talk about me, Eric Griffin, all the people that are my, my friends, and I'm not name dropping, these are just people that would actually have something to say about it if I fucking died. So yes, I would 
let my parents know, like, these are all the things that you need to fucking release. These are the people you need to talk to. If you guys don't know, Nick Cervantes has worked with me on a lot of shit. Technically, he's the person that put my album together, and I owe him a lot of thanks for that. And one day, I'll give him a lot of money for that. But I have given him, given him some money for that. But he also did do it out of the goodness of his heart, just because he liked me and he believed in me. And so I would tell my parents, like, you need to go to uh, Nick Cervantes. And Nick Guerra is a really good friend of mine. He also would have say, something to say about me if I died. Plus, there all the haters that would talk shit about me if I died so please do fucking kill me as a matter of fact don't even talk to me about anything just fucking come up and stab me like you said you were going to next time because at least then I could get some fucking mileage out of it instead of having to argue outside of the fucking garage open mic which was what that turned into I ended up fucking yelling at him at the garage open mic because I was like no you have a lot of fucking nerve like coming up to me expecting me to fucking listen to you bitch at me like I did something fucking wrong when all I did was tell the true story when you were unprofessional as far as I'm concerned anybody that fucks up like that should just come up to me apologize first I'm sorry that I didn't do didn't take care of the car the way that I was supposed to I'm sorry that I didn't take care of my tires the way that I was supposed to no I didn't appreciate that you brought it up on unbothered and yes then I would fucking listen to you and be like okay well you have a right to feel that way and I would have been cool about it but as far as like you coming up to me and being like well I think it's really fucked up I think it's really fucked up that I'm even having to hear a story about me that starts with I think it's really fucked up that's what I think is fucked up and anybody that knows me or sees me on the scene you are welcome to have any feelings you want about this you want to think that I'm petty you want to think I'm not nice you want to think I'm like not cool whatever the fuck you think it's up to you you think what you want to fucking think you don't like the way that I fucking think you don't think I'm a respectable person or you think I'm an unreasonable person then stay the fuck away from me because I don't fucking need it like, technically, I would never deal with Ashley Johnson this much if I knew that there was even a chance, even a smidge, that he was the kind of person that couldn't take par personal responsibility when he actually fucked up, which is what that is. Like, at the end of the day, that is what it is. At the end of the day, I am headlining these shows, so I do need to make sure that I'm able to do what it is I'm supposed to do. Because if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, you know what happens to me? I lose that club off of my calendar. That's what fucking happens to me. That's one week that I'm not able to pay my bills or I got to find another club or another situation to get myself into so that I can replace that. And I can't be doing that all the time. I don't know any headlining comic or comic that headlines that feels like that. I don't know any comic that's like, yeah, I'm completely okay if I just fucking lose this gig. I mean, you might choose not to do certain things after a while, but you don't want it as a strike against your record that you can't do the gig anymore. So I think I'm perfectly reasonable in what I'm asking for. I just ask the people that come along with me be fucking professional. And like I said before, like uh, the, I know that not everybody's going to kill it like that or whatever, and I'm willing to fucking forgive it if you don't and be like, okay, that's what it is. But don't cause me any fucking extra headache. Even if you are super talented, don't cause me any fucking extra headache at all. Like technically, my life is supposed to be easier when I bring people along. That's what it's supposed to be. Like help a bitch with a bag every once in a while. Sell some merch for me if you can. Help make my life easier the same way I'm trying to make your life easier when I'm fucking bringing you along and trying to introduce you to people. And yes, if you're fucking rocking it, I will make sure that the club... Like, when I even sent the email thanking Wendy, the owner of the Comedy Works, when I sent her an email thanking her for, you know, having me do the show. Because Mike Stanley moved there and he's trying to fucking get around and he fucking rocked it. I mentioned in the email, I was like, you know, thanks for having me out. I don't know if you heard, but I had a guy named Mike Stanley go up in the feature spot. He really rocked it. If you didn't know, he's living in Denver right now. Like, these are the kinds of things I say. So I'm really trying to help people get, a get ahead. 
And with Ashley Johnson, it's not like I didn't like make sure that he knew he knew who the owner was at the um, comedy. What's it called? Uh, Looney's, which is in um, Colorado Springs. Like he knew who the owner was. He knew that Wade was the booker of the Pueblo show that we did, and he got to work with Wade all weekend, so he got to make his impression there. So if you're not making connections or your set isn't fucking selling you, that's not me not trying to give you something. I mean, I mean, like I'm setting you up to actually excel. Even the position you're going up in feature is built to excel. That's it. I'm trying to offer you, I tried to offer you everything I can offer you. So if all I ask is that you don't make me worry about the car and that I be able to get a good night's sleep and that your tires are done or good. I don't think that's too much to ask. Like, really, those are my three complaints. So if you think that, well, let's count the, yeah, that's three fucking complaints. So if you think that me wanting to get a good night's sleep is being petty, then fine, I'm petty. We should never go on the road together. I don't care who you are. You're listening right now. You know that I'm not built for it or you're not built for it. But either way, we shouldn't go on the road together if you think me wanting to get a good night's sleep is petty. If you think that me not wanting to rent a car after I specifically said in my post that I was looking for somebody with a car, then I'm petty. We have no business on the road together. And if you think that you shouldn't check things like your tire and your oil, your tires and your oil before we go on the road, then yeah, I'm petty as fuck. I'm going to come back and fucking threaten me. So where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So if I were to just end up dead tomorrow, technically, that would be doing me a favor because then fucking everything takes off. And, yeah, I don't get to enjoy being famous or the notoriety that it causes or the money that comes in. But my family gets to have that. And really, at this point, that's kind of why I do everything. I just want to be able to take care of my whole family one day. And so, like, you know... If I'm not around for that, I don't care either way. What the fuck do I care? I'm fucking dead. Like, I swear, I can't just run around being afraid to die all the time. I mean, like, you guys don't really understand what it's like in the world for me. You know, like, it's not a place I'm afraid of. But I'd be stupid if I wasn't cautious about, like, you know, I perform in redneck clubs all the time and in situations where people are supposed to be the opposite of me and I travel like late at night when you're traveling the road so many things can happen you know and I pretty much go everywhere by myself and sleep at rest stops and then there's a lot of places where I've talked about even in my neighborhood where you can kind of be in the cuts even though you're not trying to live a shady life, you're just, for me, I'm just walking around the block, but there's a lot of fucking unsavories in my area, and, like, yeah, I just am not gonna live like that, where it's like, oh, I gotta watch everything I say and everything I do, because what? Somebody might kill me. Guess what? I could fucking take off in my car right now, somebody could T-bone me, I could be fucking dead, so what? I'm gonna stay off the fucking road, I'm not gonna be fucking driving to open mics anymore, I'm not gonna do anything... Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to start being afraid of the fucking world. That's what it is. <sighs> so anyway, so then somebody asked me if I was going to stop going to Trapped. And I have no plans of not going to Trapped. I'm still friends with Aston Wallace as, as far as I know. And 
if that's changed, then Aston can hit me up private message or he can hit me up, you know, text message or, yeah, he has, we've texted before. I forget whose numbers I have and whose numbers I don't because some people I talk to on Facebook Messenger and I think it's texting and then later on I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't actually have their number. I always deal with them on Facebook Messenger. But I remember Aston Wallace is one of the people that we do have each other's numbers, but usually we communicate via Facebook Messenger. So if Aston Wallace wanted to let me know that, like, I'm not welcome anymore, like, you know, that's a decision that's up to them. And I don't try to put anybody's like back against the wall in any way when it comes to that kind of shit. If you feel like, you know, maybe you're not comfortable having me in your room anymore. Or maybe Ashley doesn't feel comfortable having me in the in his room anymore or on the trap night, then I just won't go to trap. But as far as I go, I mean, like, I'm not going to go trap tomorrow because I go to Vegas and then I'll be back the following week. And on the following week, I'll be down to go to fucking trapped. But like I do and just fucking slide in when I slide in and if they can fit me in, they can fit me in. But if that's not where he's at or where he wants to be or there's some kind of protest about it, I have no interest in being anywhere that I'm not wanted. Like, that's another thing about me. I'm not the person that's just trying to fucking, like, force you to fucking deal with me or whatever. Like, I know a lot of rooms that think that they keep me from doing their room, but because, like, you know, they don't hit me up to book me because they don't agree agree with my opinions. It's not about my level of talent. It's my opinions. And I respect it, even though, like, what people forget is I've been in L.A. for 14 years, and in a lot of cases, I know the owners of the venues that you're running your shows at. So if I really wanted to just go in and hit up the owner, I mean, like, you forget, like, your personal opinion about me on Facebook doesn't change the fact that a lot of people have known me for 14 years. Like, Lexington specifically. I'm really good friends with Tim. Like, I've... Me and Tim have tried to do business together before, and it wasn't that it didn't go well or it wasn't good. It was just, like, at the time he was too busy doing other stuff, and, like, you know, I needed to go in a particular di direction and take care of my own stuff, and so, you know, but... I've known Tim forever. I mean, there's not a show at the Lexington that I couldn't get onto if I wanted to. But if you feel like you don't want me in your room, then, you know, I'm not going to force myself on your room. I'll be like, all right, well, then I don't go on fucking Sundays anymore. But as far as I'm concerned, all of this didn't have to be this big a deal in the first place. Like, I mentioned it on my podcast because I will continue to mention everything on my podcast just like when things happen, see, because that's the other thing. Like, Ashley Johnson listens to Unbothered, so he certainly didn't mind when I was talking about Mystery Dan, and he didn't mind when I talked about any of the other Pallavi or any of the other situations I've talked about. Like, technically, I know the Mystery Dan situation, like, we talked about personally before. We talked about it one-on-one, -on -one, and then we talked about at least one other episode that he had heard, so... It's like, you know that this is the kind of stuff I talk about. I don't know why you get all sensitive now that it's your turn, now that you just happened to fuck up. I mean, like, I didn't make that fuck up happen. Really? I would have rather everything have gone the way that it was supposed to go, and then I don't even have to talk about it on Unbothered at all. I don't have to get unbothered about it. I just make sure that everybody knows, one, so that I don't have people out there saying stories about me or saying things in a way that they're actually they didn't go down and the other reason that I do this is because 
like I said, there are newer comics or comics that are up and coming, comics that are just starting to get on the road that actually listen to the things I say and they're like, okay, now I know some of the stuff that I need to do to be a professional. There are a lot of things you can do to make it so that a headliner or a person that's headlining feels like they want to have you around. Being as little headache as possible is a big one because if you're easy to travel with, then I don't really have to think about you like that. Other things that I used to do, and I'm not saying you have to do this because a lot of people will be cool with you, but like I remember that there were times that when I was with Joe Coy that like, you know, he'd be a little bit loaded up because he had his laptop and whatever else. So if there was anything I could ever hold for him or, you know, like carry for him, I would definitely do that. I know I also used to pay attention when he was like signing autographs and stuff like that because, and it didn't happen all the time, but it did happen more than once, I guarantee you. Um, he, his Sharpie went dead on him and like, you know, like most of the time there's somebody with other Sharpies, you know, like he had a sister Gemma who I'm still friends with to this day as well. Um, he used to have his sister Gemma carry extra Sharpies, but sometimes Sharpies, you know, they didn't have the extra Sharpies or they didn't pack a fucking bag. So I had to run to the office and I would be handing out my cards, but at the end of the day, Joe Coy is the headliner and he's the one making it so that I can be there. So it's most important that I make sure he's able to do everything he's supposed to do so that I can continue working. Because I worked with him for a year and a half. And so I would do any little odds and ends I could do. Sometimes the merch line would be way too fucking busy. And like, like when I got with Joe Coy... Um, one thing to remember about that situation was I got to watch him blow up. You know, when I first started going on the road with him, it, like the first, like maybe, and it was fast, like maybe two or three weeks that I was on the road with him. And I'm not saying that it happened this fast for him because his career was, had been going for quite a while before that. And he talks about, you know, like his struggle and his work and stuff. Um, like, you know, when he was working at a bank and a shoe store at the same time, I think. And so anyway, by the time I went on the road with him, it was like the first two or three weeks that I went on the road with him, it was still not where everybody knew him. And like, you know, there, there was a little bit like, you know, him thinking about the numbers or what was going on as far as audience went. Um, and then after that, like, the fourth week, maybe the third or fourth week through the rest of the, you know, year and a half that I worked with him where it was just sold out everywhere we went and packed. So when that's happening, there were a lot of adjustments that I was there for, like when, you know, the merch got so ridiculous that he had to have... I know there were different points where he had as many as three people selling T-shirts and stuff for him. And yes, he did need all three people because when you have, in some of the cases that we were doing, like, you know, if we were at um, certain improvs, it was like 600 people. Like when we were in West Palm Beach, that's a huge one. When we were in, um, where else is fucking huge? Houston is a huge, pretty big improv. It's huge, I would say. Um, and different spots like that, like there would be like three people working the merch line. When we were in Vegas, it was like that, you know, so you have three people working the fucking merch line and every once in a while they're like, okay, you know, like 
because I was never comfortable handling anybody's money like that because I know that I'm absent-minded and I'll forget to charge people or stuff like that. So one place that I knew that I could help was like I could grab shirt sizes. So here it is, these three people, and they're like, you know, Ty, we need a medium in the Ting Ting shirt. We need a small in the Joe Koi shirt. We need a Joseph, you know, like... And so, like, I would run around and grab sizes. And like I said, yeah, I could be handing out my cards or whatever, but, like, I knew the more valuable position at that point was to, like, actually help out with the shirts. So if you can make it so you're not a headache and also help at the same time, then you can make things happen in a better way. Like, a lot of the contacts that I made back with Joe Coy are still from now. And as far as I go, like when it comes to Ashley Johnson, I'm not going to badmouth him on a professional level and I'm not going to be like, you know, if anybody ever asked me about him or whatever, yeah, he did the, the part as far or did the job as far as, you know, featuring, but just make sure you have your own separate room because motherfucker might snore and fly out there. I wouldn't, I know I personally just want somebody kind of dropped the ball on responsibility when it's something as big as transportation or made it kind of my headache in more than one way, then I'm just done with that person as far as me going on the road with them because I don't need that fucking headache. I don't fucking put up with that headache for myself. Why am I supposed to put up with it from other people? I really don't get this. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So anyway, long story short, he asked me to go chat. We went and chatted for like maybe less than a second before I just got like, yeah, fuck this. I'm not listening to any of this. And I was just like, you are unprofessional. That's all it is at the end of the day. You can't fucking deal with that. You can't fucking deal with that. But I'm not going to sit and listen to you try to tell me how it is I'm fucked up when all I did was try to help you out. And I just learned my lesson. And like I said, I won't be helping anybody else in that out in that way. If any of you guys want any advice from me, pull me aside and just be like, hey, this is something I want to know. How should I handle this on the road? But really, I know that I'm coming off the right way to most people because plenty of you do actually make that happen with me plenty of you do pull me aside I know a lot of people have asked me for advice about getting into different clubs or going on the road or that kind of stuff and I will help you out as much as I can when it comes to giving you advice and letting you know what it is I think you need to be doing and then I'm sure at some point I'll go back to opening it up again and have some people come along with me I'm in Vegas next week with Chris Doran Chris Doran is one of my best friends, like you know, and we're going to be working in Vegas together the July 31st through the 6th, I believe it is. And um, then after that, I'm in Chicago where I'm going to be by myself and dealing with whoever they have. And I am glad for the break. Anyway. You know I'm not going to listen to this before I post it. It's just going to get posted because... It is what it is. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please, whatever you do, stay on. Unbothered. <laughs>